You're listening to Broken Hearted with Althea Branton. Join me for unscripted conversation about heartbreak in all its forms. Instead of getting over heartbreak, move through it. Face your pain and see what happens next. Welcome to Broken Hearted. I'm Althea Branton, and I'm so glad you're here. Katie Kozlowski is a master energy coach and spiritual trainer dedicated to helping awaken the inner strength, wisdom, and creative power for women who are ready to wake up, heal, and transform. She adeptly mixes her own stories and experiences with ancient wisdom and sacred teachings and techniques to create powerful, energetic, and emotional and spiritual shifts and is known for her simple, relatable methods and tools. With studies in energetic healing, neuroplasticity, neuro-linguistic programming, the quantum field, mind-body connection, and guided meditation and visualization, Katie brings together an eclectic mix of high-level training to create multi-dimensional transformation. She is trained with some of the greatest minds on the planet, including Dr. Jean Houston, transformational therapist Derek O'Neill, master healer Brooke Still, and she's also created a unique system of transformation and healing called Shakti Bomb. Katie shares her story about soulmates. And her story is so intriguing because her soulmate stories are not exactly what you think they're going to be. Spoiler alert, it involves a lot of letting go. I'll let Katie share her story. I hope you'll enjoy it as much as I did. Katie, welcome to Broken Hearted. I cannot wait to dig deep into your story today. My story. Yes. I was like, is there more? Yes. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, for my story. I thought you were going to say something. We, we were just talking about juicy. I'm like, oh, she's going to say something juicy. Let me wait. Juice to land. <laughs> and then I'll say something dazzling. No but, um, worries. No worries. <laughs> I was like, and yes, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm um, awkward. <laughs> I'm very excited to be here. And um, to talk about this, I think this is really an important topic to talk about. Absolutely. So we are going to discuss this whole notion of soulmates. And right now there's this belief out there that our, one of our primary missions in life is to find our soulmate. That is our goal, destiny, and we see this in media, movies, entertainment, in the personal development space, it's everywhere that our mission is to find our soulmate. And when we find that person, we stick with them for life. But that wasn't necessarily the case for you. Uh, no. Um, first of all, like full disclaimer, everything, I tend to do everything backwards or like upside down or like outside of the box. I've never followed traditional paths. Um, I guess that just is something about me. It's who I am. I love to challenge the sort of like the status quo and what people tell you. So I'm not surprised that my soul was like, no, let me just see what happens if I do it a different way. Let me just uh, like, let me pull this desk down on myself. And if it chops my finger off, let me just see what happens. Like I've always um, been into sort of figuring it out for myself. I've all been very stubborn. I shouldn't say stubborn, but kind of stubborn. Um, very rebellious, like one of those 
characters in a Disney movie, like Ariel, you know, like, oh, you tell me I'm not supposed to go to the surface. I'm going to go, Dad, and I'm going to find out what's up there, even if I get kidnapped, you know, like, so yeah, the experience was not the traditional, like, I met my soulmate and fell in love and we're still together. No. Um, but what's, what's also funny is it's like the story like continually evolves and unwinds. And like, as we talk, you'll begin to see that my perception of a soulmate is just not, um, doesn't necessarily have to mean like your like friendship bracelet. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be the other half of you. I kind of think that that's, um, not really the goal because if you need someone else to complete you, then you're not really complete. Do you know what I mean? You're Absolutely. not a whole soul. You're still a half soul and you're being completed by another soul. But I like to think about like, what if you could, can you complete yourself? Like I wanted to complete myself. And then somehow through this trippy experience of learning how to actually like love and accept and complete myself, I've found so much more. So that's how I feel about it. Okay. Now Katie, you got to spill. <laughs> you gotta let me know and let the world know how this went down for you like what is this i'm talking about right um so because we don't have like seven 75 hours to, to <laughs> like the entire version. but um like the long of the short is this right when i was very young um, and by young, I mean my early 20s. I'm 39 now. It's funny before you were like, is there anything like that we can't talk about? I'm like, I'll say anything. And um, I'm not ashamed of talking about my age. I'm not ashamed of talking about the fact that I'm 39 and I'm not married and I don't have children. Um, a lot of people are sort of embarrassed by stuff like that. But I like I talk about the age I am, the age I was, just because it, it gives you a sense of how long it's taken me to get where I am. And like, I take a lot of pride in that. So um, when I was young, when I was in my early 20s, I, I had a period of time when I was really struggling with relationships and I had a lot of bad stuff happen to me in my teens. And like, we don't need to get in, into all of that stuff, but you know, like we know boys will be boys. And when you're young, bad stuff happens to you sometimes. And I had a lot of stuff like that. And I was not doing well in the relationship department. And then I had this experience where actually kind of, well, now we're in October, but so early September, things usually tend to happen to me around like the end of August into September. And so it's always been like, like, you know, I would go to college then, or I would move to New York, or I would um, get hit by a taxi, like all these different things happened. Um, snuck that one in there, right? Got hit by a taxi. But, um, so I was, it, it was, I was 24, I think 24 years old. And I had this happen, happening, right, where I went to, again, it's like just the timing of it, like it was destined to happen. And I, I was at a, um, I was a spokesmodel at the time, I was a spokesmodel for quite some time um, in my 20s and, and mostly my 20s. And I, my friend was like, oh, hey, we've got to go to this Michael, some of this stuff's going to sound really funny, but we so let's go to this Michael Bolton charity. Like, you've got to meet this guy, Tommy G and my friend Alan. And like, um, and she was a good friend of mine. So she was like, you've got to go to this, you know, you've got to go to this Michael Bolton thing with me. So I went with her to this Michael Bolton concert and met a lot of people and met her friend 
who was like, totally like, you know, Oh, I'm going to take you to this wedding. You're going to be my girlfriend. And, and so I was really like consumed by this one gentleman. And then there was this other man who I very briefly, um, encountered like very briefly. And, and I just remember like meeting him, but barely being consumed by this other guy. So thinking nothing of it. And then the next day I get up and my boss calls me and he's like, Hey, you're not in Connecticut. And I was in Connecticut. He's like, you're not in Connecticut by any chance, are you? And I said, yeah, actually I am. He goes, I need you to do me a favor. You have to go to this golf course and do this poor vodka for this charity event. Like the girl I had canceled and I need you to go. Like, can you please go? So it was so random that I was in Connecticut. It was random that like he needed me, like everything. So I go and I drive there and I pull up and I'm like, oh my God, this is the Michael Bolton charity, the people I met from the night before. So I'm there and off the golf course walks this man, right? And um, tall, like six foot three, I mean, he's very handsome, six foot three, sandy, blonde hair, super duper charming, dashing man. And I had met him the night before, but it just like, it didn't occur to me. I didn't think anything of him. And, um, and so then something bizarre happened and we just were like a magnet. And by the end of that night, we were sort of bonded. And it was very, very strange because one of those things where it was like, it, it was like destined, like it was destiny. Like I had to meet him. And we ended up dating for three years and I was with him for three years. And the thing is, he was older than me. He was 52, I think, when I met him and I was 24 and we spent three years together. And I mean, I absolutely adored him. I loved him so much. Um, I learned so much from him about certain things. Like he was where I learned about the law of attraction. That's where the first time I heard about like Arcturians, like all of this, all of this stuff that I do now in my work. Um, he was my introduction to it. And the thing is that, so over the three years, it was like, it was like one of those, um, it was like pretty woman kind of where it was like, I met this man. He was, had a lot of money. You know, he took care of me. He, I had, um, you know, designer bags, designer shoes, whatever clothes you want, Dom Perignon, fancy hotels. Like I had all of that. Um, and I had this man who I really, really, like I absolutely loved him and he really loved me. But as time went on, I started to see that, that like as much as he loved me, he kind of loved himself more and he kind of loved money more. And he was worried about his social status and, and like all of these things. And I started to become like less and less important to him. And it was, it was kind of a funny experience because I loved him so much. And I was like, so con I mean, he was like a soulmate to me. He really was. But at the end of the day, and this is what you and I had talked about was I realized I was 27 years old, right? I had devoted my entire life to him for four, three years. I had lost friends. I had like given up my parts of my career, and I realized like, oh my God, if I stay with this man, I will never, ever be the person that I'm supposed to be. Soulmate or not, I have to leave. I have to walk away from this. I have to learn to be independent. I have to be on my own. And um, I have to do this for my own good. Because if I don't, I will, I will not fulfill my life's purpose. And so 
that's what was so interesting was like, yeah, he was a soulmate, right? I mean, this dude was a soulmate. What did he do? He absolutely, okay, now you can put explicit because I swore once, <laughs> absolutely crushed me. Devastated, devastated, heartbroken. Um, just, I mean, it, there's nothing worse than having someone that you know on some level is like the love of your life say that they can't love you back and that they're not going to change. Do you know what I mean? Because I gave him an ultimatum and I said, look, I just need you to like act. I just need you to care a little bit more. I just need you to open up a little bit more. I just need a little bit more. I don't need a lot more. I don't need a million dollars. I don't need a big house. I just need you to act like you really care about me and you have to open up. And he was like, no, sorry, I can't change. Like I, you know, bye. And, and so I, I left. And the thing is that when I left, that was when my life really started to open up. And I was so heartbroken that I went to a friend of mine for healing because I was gutted. I mean, I was crushed. I was devastated. I was convinced we were going to get married. He told me we were going to get married. But then when it came to like, okay, we've been together for three years and you are like now 56 approaching 57, are you going to actually someday marry me? Man, my mouth's a little bit off. What is it? 53, four, five. Okay. So 56, right. Are you going to actually ever marry me? And he was like, no, no, you well, know, there's your answer. Right. But so the thing is, he was my, he was a soulmate to me. I learned so much from him, but his job as my soulmate was not to complete me. It was to show me how utterly and desperately I needed to complete myself. And so that's why I say it's very dangerous for you to attach yourself to someone else and think that you need a soulmate to complete you because that was not my lesson. My soulmate was like, I am going to show you why you came here and I'm going to remind you and I am going to, it's going to hurt, but I'm going to show you. And he's not the only person that has done this. You know, I think we talked about too. I had a guru and I had the same experience with him. He hurt me. You know what I mean? Like he was supposed to love me and he didn't love me. It, it was the equivalent of him just turning his back and leaving me to figure it out for myself. So I had two experiences with two different men who energetically were very much the same type of person. And my lesson was like, look, you came here to learn independence. You came here to learn strength. You came here to learn confidence. You came here to be powerful on your own. Do not rely on me to complete you. And if you do, I will not do it because I came here to show you who you are. So my soulmates have always been the ones that actually left, not the ones that stayed. So this through these incredible experiences, soulmates have been teachers. Oh, totally. For me, yeah. They've, they've, they've appeared in your life for however long that you needed to learn that lesson. Mm -hmm. And when you finally learned the lesson, that was when 
that connection, that relationship had to end and you yeah. had to say goodbye, no matter how incredibly painful that was or, or all that emotions and all that stuff that came up with it. These people were put in your path to show you something that you needed to learn about yourself. Yeah, totally. And that's the thing is at the end of the day, if you want to really like have a full spiritual awakening, you can't not have that in your life because you cannot be attached to anything. And listen, my dog was a soulmate to me and he died in my arms. Do you know what I mean? He died tragically. It was not, it hurt. And even he was like, mama, I have to go because I'm holding you back. Mm -hmm. And so I've had multiple experiences and it's like, it's like the message really is like, do not become attached to anything because the moment you do, you give away your power. That's such an intriguing statement. And I say this because, and I'm, I'm right now accessing my own conditioning because we are conditioned to believe that this lasts forever. All of these connections last forever. The reality is they last for however long they need to for us to learn the lesson. Right. Yeah. And so that's, that's the lesson of, um, like the, 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 the freedom, right? Like giving yeah. the freedom. But see, here's what's so amazing is that now that I've really gotten this, I don't feel like I have to hold on so tightly to anything. And I don't have to hold on to um, love like I used to. Like I used to be so scared that people were going to leave me and hurt me. And the lessons I'm learning now is like, oh, no, no, like, my darling, you can, um, you can hold whatever is sacred to you in the palm of your hand and not crush it because you can trust that it's going to stay there. And even if it flies away, it will come back. So it's this whole thing of like, look, we live, we die, like things come and go, they flow in and out. If you are attached, if you are grasping, sometimes I like when people can see me in video because I use my, I mean, you can see me right now. Like you might use my hands a Yes. But seriously, like if you hold on too tightly to anything, you will kill it. You will kill it. So if you want everlasting, you know, like I'm a lady that's like, look, we're looking for everlasting love, everlasting life, right? Like eternity, mm -hmm. we want bliss, we want ascension, we want all this freedom and liberation. You've got to learn how to do that. And so I'm finding now it's fascinating because I'm seeing it with like, with my, with my business, with my, with my new romance, like everything. I'm astounded at what I've created for myself because I've cultivated this sense of peace where I'm seeing that it is possible to have that kind of love and that kind of trust that you just, you don't, you don't feel like you have to grasp. And I think that that was, I think that like at the end of the day, cause I'm, I'm, I'm super into the feminine, right? Feminine energy. And I think that one of the things that has happened to all of us is that the masculine accidentally, not on purpose, 
found the feminine to be so beautiful and so alluring and so magnificent that it was like, that is so yummy and I want it and I have to have it. It's like capturing a fairy. I want this. And so the feminine became like entrapped, right? And, and men, not men, masculine, the masculine, I shouldn't say men because women do it too. But the energy, the concept of like, that is so beautiful, so stunning. So this, it's a butterfly, it's a bird, it's a whatever, it's money, it's, 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 it's alluring. Do you know what I mean? And I gotta have it. And so we've been taught that if something is good, if something is beautiful, if something is like fulfilling, we have to grab onto it. We have to hold it tight because if we don't, it's going to go away. So my feeling is for me in particular, and for my soul, and because it's an important lesson for all of us, this concept of like, when I find something really good that I want or something powerful or something magical or something happy, I have to hold on to it that tightly because it doesn't allow it to breathe. It doesn't allow it to come and go. Like you have to let it be or it's not being, do you know what I mean? It's trapped. This, so this concept of attachment, it also speaks to, kind of manifestation and, and law of attraction because if there's something that we desire and that something can be, as you mentioned, it could be anything. Right. And then we hold this image, we're supposed to at least, I know this hasn't worked for me, but we're supposed to hold this image of fill in the blank inside our minds. We're supposed to vibrate at this thing and feel it and imagine it and do all this thing. And is that not forming an attachment to it? No, it's not. Because if you do it right, if you do it the way that I teach it, at least, right, it's ne it never stops moving. There's a thing in, because um, I, I trained as a dancer at one point, right? And so there was this dancer who was uh, named Luigi. And Luigi had this warm up and he was so cool because he'd be like, never stop moving, never stop moving. It doesn't become stagnant, right? What it becomes is a living, breathing embodiment of who you are, which is very different than fixating on something and trying to vibrate at that level, right? When you are living, breathing, and you are in and out and has an ebb and a flow and it's alive, right? That's such a different feeling. So my feeling is that even with love, right? And this is where I am in my life. And you better believe that I had to really, like, I had to work my own brain because I was programmed like you to be like, no, 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 it has to be this way. It has to be this way. And I'm having experiences now. I told you, it's like, this story is not over because there's new stuff coming in, right? And I just moved. I moved into a new, beautiful place by the, ironically, on the water. That's a tidal water, body of water. So it oh, comes nice. in. Nice. So throughout the day, the water rises and it falls consistently twice a day. So I watch it go in and out, right? And so sometimes, like right now, I can see the mud. I can see the bottom. And then sometimes it's so high that it's flooded the street. And it's like, there's always movement. But so where I am now is back in this like love game, right? Like back in the game of romance. And I have this like fabulous stuff. First of all, the, the soulmate man, right? Wouldn't you believe that the minute I moved into this new place and I started connecting with other people and putting myself out there, he came back. 
he came back and was like, oh my God, you're so amazing. I'm so proud of you. Like you're incredible. And I was like, you know what? I'm, that's so great. I'm so glad you think that, but do you want, like, are you willing to change now? Are you ready now to commit? Like, can you make it happen? He still couldn't make it happen. And I was like, all right, you know what? Like, we are completely done. Okay. Like, I'm so glad you've come back again, but now you're a pebble, you're a stone and I'm throwing you back in the sea because I don't, I don't, you know, like I, I'm not waiting for this anymore. But so he came back, but then I've had these really amazing experiences and I've met different kinds of like romantic prospects. Right. And I've seen the ones that grab on. And I've seen them. And then I've seen the ones who are working on themselves who are more like, you know what, I'm going to just take it super slow. And I'm going to just like, I'm working on myself. And, and what's ironic is that at the very beginning, I still associated like romance and not just like soulmates, but just like people are attracting into your life, right? The one who was not grabby grabby, I was like, oh, he's not interested. You know what I mean? Like taught to believe that, right? If they show no movement or whatever, then well, not like, not like, oh my god, can I take you out? Like, I want to have sex with you. Blah, you know, like you're amazing. Just like very quietly, like, hi, um, like, how are you? Like, let's have a conversation. Let's take a walk. Like, you know, and I'm like, oh, he doesn't like me. And then the other ones are like obsessive, like, hey, how are you today? Do you want to go out? And I'm like, oh, well, see, now he's interested. But then, but then, thank goodness that I sometimes will check myself because I went, whoa, 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 whoa. Is that really healthy? Or is that healthy? Why is that good and that bad? Like, why is Graspy Graspy interested? Mm-hmm. See, so you're asking the questions. And the you're, people- you're, you're challenging, like, because dating advice says if they're interested they'll call text find out how your day was they'll do it often they'll be in your face so the one that's showing up to you as hey let's hang out let's let's have a chat let's get to know each other because we're taught you know dating is supposed to follow a certain pattern and follow a certain certain step when you see something that challenges that, you're like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe oh, yeah. not. It was a total mind fuck. And at first I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've got the tortoise in the hair, right? <laughs> I'm like, I don't really know. What do we do? Like, I don't know. Like, which is which? Like, do, which do I like better? And then all of a sudden, I don't know what it was. It just shifted in me. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I like the turtle. I like the turtle because it's not this race to the finish line. And I realized for me, I said, oh, wow, I'm still really scared that they're going to run. So unless they commit right up front and they're like, I think you're amazing and I want to take you out. And like, unless I get that up front, like, like I had with, you know, the soulmate dude, it was fast and furious, right? It was like, we met, we were together and we were together for a long time. But here's the really fascinating thing is I don't know if I ever really knew him. I didn't know his heart. I didn't know his soul. And I think he and I traveled through many, 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 many lifetimes together. And wouldn't you know that even if we, we traveled through like hundreds of lifetimes together, I don't think I ever knew him in any of them. 
So even though you're with this guy and he's showing you love in different ways, maybe in a material way, mm -hmm. in three years, you come out of it and you can honestly say, I don't know his heart. I don't, did you, you never had conversations about feelings, emotions, like he didn't, you, you didn't really connect like from a soul level. I mean, we did, but I couldn't ever get him to actually get beyond the surface emotions, right? And something that I learned about me over the years is like, wow, now I am a lady, I am not afraid of emotion. I love it. I mean, I do it for a living, right? I help people work through trauma and stuff like that. I love emotion. I love the messy emotions. I'm like, oh yes, please. Like, tell me more about those horrible things you feel because I will help you move through it as quickly as possible because I am not afraid of it and I'm not attached to it. So it doesn't scare me. And I will move you through that quickly. So uh, what I found was that he wanted to stay at the surface as, mo as, as a lot of people do. And I wanted to go deeper, right? Like I wanted to know his heart. I wanted to know what he was feeling. I wanted to know what he was afraid of. I wanted to get to the truth. And I always felt like what was so fascinating was I felt, I, I, I would always walk away from these relationships and be like, wow, um, like there must be something wrong with me because these men just don't seem to like me once I ask them to open up. So obviously it's me, right? It's me. Like I shouldn't be asking those things because that's inappropriate. But then as I worked on myself, I saw, again, it comes back to that soulmate thing, right? It's like, look, just because we had a connection at a cellular level doesn't mean that I was supposed to stay with him because see, if I stayed with him, I would never have accepted the fact or discovered that I am a woman of massive depth. And that's what makes me me. And that's what makes me awesome. And not like crazy or bad or whatever it is. So the fact that I always felt like it was something like, I always felt like, well, gee, I must not have tried hard enough or, but I've gone back. I have found letters that I have written. I have found letters that I have written to him and um, expressing my feelings. And they are beautiful letters. I'm like, wow, I was very well-spoken. I definitely expressed what I needed. I said it kindly. I said it clearly. He did not want it, but I offered it in a very open way. So I've always been like this. Um, and then I think back to like, you know, like even when I would go on dates, like I would go on like a date with a guy. This is when I was like 15. Like I would write him a thank you note. Like I would write him like a heartfelt, like, I had such a lovely time. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I'm just that kind of person. And I, I just feel like, see, if I had accepted, like, well, soulmates, you're supposed to be together, I might have stayed with him and I would have never realized me, my power. You might and have I not have learned these power. lessons. Right? Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. The, these lessons would, you would still continue in this relationship 10, mm. 20, 50 years, however long it would have to take for you to come into this knowing right and also to come into yourself right and i wouldn't and i'll tell you what though i'd have a fabulous wardrobe i'd probably be 20 pounds heavier because i was eating lobster and drinking dom Perignon. <laughs> um, and i'd be really like very sad and unfulfilled yeah
but I'd have a fabulous financial situation. Um, and it's not like I don't, like I learned how to take care of myself. I got a job, like I built a business. I built two businesses. Like I, um, I got in debt. I got myself out of debt. Like I, I, I just think that spiritual independence is something that's really important to me. And something that I look at over and over and over again is I never wanted to be beholden to anyone, not a soulmate, not a guru. I didn't want to owe my guru anything. Isn't the role of a guru to, and, and I'm seeing this now, I always imagined a guru as somebody that you can learn from. Yes. But now as time goes on and as I evolve, my perception of what a guru is has shifted. Right. So I'm curious to know, when this guru showed up in your life, was it to provide you with guidance? Because when you break up with a guru, like something's gone down that probably is, you know, fairly significant. It's not so funny to be like, I broke up my, with my guru. But I, <laughs> yeah, I broke up with him. And, and not in a, again, not like in the same sort of way that I broke up with with um, my ex, right? With, um, with uh, I can say his name, his name was Tom. As long as I don't say his full name, it's okay. Um, but when I um, broke up with him, it was kind of the same lesson. And so like my experience is this, right? A guru is a guide. A guru is someone that has the power to remove the blocks, right? To help illuminate within you what it is you're looking for to guide you and move you along the path. Now, I'm really lucky because I had a guru with a lot of integrity. And, and, it, and it took me a while, because I was kind of mad at him for a while, because I was like, hey, man, it's not cool what you did. But at the same time, I came around full circle, and I was like, you know what? I really, really appreciate and value the fact that you did not allow me to disempower myself to you. You never took advantage of me. You never, never made me do anything I didn't want to do. And the thing is, there's a lot of gurus out. There's a lot of people that do some creepy things, some manipulative things. And essentially, like by the time I saw the full picture, I realized, and it's the same with both of them. And I realized, wow, they're both my, my, my prince and my captor. They're like the beast, right? And I feel like in some ways they both let me go. They could have been selfish and held on. Do you know what I mean? Like they yeah. could have been selfish and held on because I'm a nice looking lady and I got a lot of good stuff to offer. Do you know what I mean? Like they could have held on the same way. And so the lesson of the catch and release of like, look, I, I, I always think of that scene in Beauty and the Beast when he's like, he's in love with her, right? And the beast, you know, he's finally, he falls in love with her and he's like, I love her. And then he goes, oh, her dad is sick. Like he, she could, she could set me free, but I'm going to let her go. And she leaves and they're like, what? Like, did you escape? And she's like, no, he let me go. And he she like, couldn't figure out why. Nobody could figure out why. Why right. did he do that? Right. Because why he loves her. He's such an evil person, right? Or yeah. like, but they thought he was a monster. And so it's like this thing of, 
I think that on some level, my soulmate, right, knew that he had to let me go because I had to be free and independent. He wasn't going to keep me captive anymore. He wasn't my keeper. He wasn't my um, cellmate as, as Derek, my teacher uh, or former boyfriend teacher, whatever you want to call him, guru teacher boy. Some people would be like, oh, he sounds like your boyfriend. So a lot of people would like get them confused. Mm -hmm. um, and I get it because energetically speaking, they're very similar. It was a similar energy. And so I just think that there's something really important. There's a lesson there in the liberation of your own self. And if you disempower yourself to anybody, a guru, a boyfriend, a soulmate, I don't care who it is. But if you're relying on that person to provide you with something, you will not be complete and you will not get what you want. If it's so liberation. Have the, Katie, have these experiences with, your ex breaking up with your guru because it does happen how do these experiences shifted the way you approach love romantic love especially well, yeah. well totally i mean i think i pretty much already answered that because like i said i'm having to retrain myself to see it in a different way right because I've learned one thing about my, you know, I, I, I had to, I had to have a conversation with this one gentleman, right? Because he became very, like, it was like every day, right? Like, oh my God, I had so much fun. Like, do you want to come over? Do you want to come over today? Do you want to come over today? Like, where are you now? And it became claustrophobic. And I was like, wow, he's already so attached and so addicted to me that he's using me to fill a void in his life. And I know it and I know it. And it was hard, but I had to say something and I had to say, and, and essentially what I said, which I thought was really interesting is I said something like, I like space and you seem to want to fill a space. Wow. Like I like space. I'm okay with space. And you seem to want to fill a space with me and I'm not okay with that and just how did he react I'm just curious you know what's interesting is he was like wow thank you so much um I don't want to end this because you're so amazing because you say things like this like I like wow like yes you're right Thank you for that. You know what I mean? And so, and I was shocked because I, I thought he would be upset by it. So you see the whole dynamic is shifting because I'm now able to say to people things like, look, this is how it works. This is how love really works. Love is not, we don't need to grab on like that. We don't need to grasp. We don't need that. I don't need that. And I will reject it because it's not what fulfills me. I don't like it. I don't like feeling like that. And so that's why I kind of came around to this whole thing of it. First, the one who was much more um, like just gentle and easy and very, very um, moving at a very slow, steady pace, at first, I found myself projecting like, oh, well, that's that he can't possibly like me or he's afraid of commitment or he's blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, you know what? I don't think that's true. I think he's learning the same lesson I'm learning, which is walk slowly. 
space is okay. And get to really create a dynamic, a foundation that's solid, that grows, that can actually stand. This, this graspy, graspy thing is just not, it's not sustainable in happiness. It's not sustainable in money. It's not sustainable in business. It's not sustainable in love. It doesn't matter what you're trying to get in your life. It's not sustainable. So I'm finding, I was shocked. I only just had this realization like three days ago where I was like, wow, I'm okay with that now. I can trust that, that if I keep my palm open, my hands open and my heart open, it will develop on its own if it's meant to. I don't have to panic. I don't have to judge. I don't have to project. I don't have to be so fucking insecure. Katie, I want to thank you for shattering so many myths, beliefs, misconceptions. Mm. I want to thank you for your honesty and just being so eloquent to be able to share your experience. Well, thank you. Because I know I, that so many people need to hear this. I know I need to hear this, totally. <laughs> Good. So, well, thank you, thank I, you, thank you. I am always grateful to have experiences to share these things. And like I teach in real time, do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm like, whoa, this stuff's, <laughs> this stuff's unfolding like in real time. Um, but I can say that at the end of the day, these are lessons that we all came here to learn. Like we all want to learn these lessons. We all want to be loved and we want to love ourselves. And I, I really think that at the, at the heart of it, if we can learn how to trust ourselves more, like we're going to have an easier road. And then maybe you'll have a different, like who knows what the dynamic of a real soulmate is. Like maybe it's not what we thought it was. Because I found like, here's the really cool thing was at the end of the day, I was like, wow, I actually found that that experience of being around someone that didn't, didn't grab onto me was so healing that it purified me of so much of the shame that I felt just because he didn't grab on. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that. So it's like, we don't know. I just, I just think it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, just be open. You don't know what's going to heal you. And if you like project and you think you do, you won't get the healing, will you? Because you'll never be open enough to like have the experience that might change you forever. Katie, thank you again. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. Follow me on Instagram at Althea Branton. Stay up to date with the latest news on Brokenhearted. Send me a DM. I'd love to chat.